Hello and welcome back to Football Genshron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined here by the usual suspects, Chadens and Armen. How are you boys doing? I prefer not to speak. Okay, Armen, how are right. you doing? Look, well, I, I'm still the group leader, so I'm all right. Yeah, so we just got off uh, the back of a nil-nil draw away to Macedonia and Skopje, uh, and we will be doing a quick little summary of that match for you guys, giving us uh, giving our thoughts and opinions, and then we will be turning our attention to Germany, who we travel to on Sunday. Uh, but first, let us start with the lead-up to the match. Joaquin Kaparos and Henrik Mkhitaryan held a pre-match press conference yesterday uh, in which the Armenian media asked Kaparos on his thoughts of the new manager of Macedonia and what their tactical approach will look like. Kaparos said he doesn't think their tactical approach will change much with the new manager. Uh, they switch between four and five defenders regularly, and the youth teams have also played with the same approach. And uh, he was pretty much correct. <laughs> uh, Macedonia played exactly how we had anticipated, and the game kind of went pretty much how we had predicted. Uh, so first, let's start with the Armenian lineup. Armen, why don't you walk us through Armenia's lineup? Yeah, well, most of what we predicted was spot on. And with Yurchenko at goal, luckily he made it on time. and. Yeah, he saved us a couple of times. Defense was mostly what we said with Hampat Sumian on the right, center backs with Andre Chalishir and Daron Voskanian, and left back was left to Gamo Vanesian. A lot of problems there we're going to analyze. The middle was uh, central mid with Solomon Udo and Artak Grigorian, the lion who was a little bit tired, but still was okay. And attack in midfield with Vaham Bichachian and Henrik Mkhitaryan, as we said, as we predicted here in Football Gentron, Sarkis Adamian as the first main striker, the big man, the big guy uh, up top. And here's the shocker, Eric Vartanian from Punique. That was interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> the shock of the starting lineup was Eric Vartanian coming up top at striker, Adamian. Uh, the rest of the lineup was exactly how we had anticipated, and we're kind of pondering how this is going to play into our game plan, which is to press up high um, when the defense of the opposition has the ball, sit back and counterattack when they bring the ball into our half. And um, it, it looked to me as if... That didn't happen. Yeah, that did not happen at all. I mean... <laughs> That was what, in my opinion, that was the one uh, problem with us. There was many problems, and we'll get into it. But first, let's look at how <laughs> Macedonia lined up. They lined up in a 4-2-3-1 formation with uh, goalkeeper Dmitrievsky in goal as anticipated. Rustovsky, Musulu, Velkovsky, and Alioski in their back line. Interestingly enough, Elif Ilmas was deployed as a central midfielder instead of an attacking midfielder uh, with Konstantinov as his midfield partner. Then their attack was rounded off with Barty, Yahovich, Cherlinov, and Tchaikovsky. Um, they dominated early on. They put a lot of pressure. They had a lot of chances. They did a lot of things. Chadens, why did Macedonia put on so much pressure on Armenia early on? And why wasn't Armenia able to cope with it? 
their plan was already to to start attacking to to start scoring as early as possible because first it's their home ground and second uh, same level they they consider us as their same level they have beaten us before they they know they can do it again and for them it, it, the home game was crucial they needed this win and they just went counter attack not counter attack but uh, more pressing as much as they could uh, but after the game you could already see they were getting uh, tired a lot yeah they yeah. were getting frustrated it was like a 4-1-5 like they had only one defensive mid which uh-huh. interestingly enough it didn't end up being Elmas it ended up being Bardi that mm-hmm. was the weird, yeah. the weird thing yeah with, uh, with 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 Konstantinov their most defensive midfielder basically in the box in our box and and yeah i i agree they they kind of expected to score as much as they could and and we held them off that's that's the good point it was a very alashkert-esque performance um True. <laughs> which unfortunately is something that Armen, you uh, you had discussed um kind of trying to mirror that type of defensive counterattack but just like alashkert Armenia had a humongous issue in that they were not able to put any sort of cohesive passing together. In a, there was about like a 20-minute period in this match where Adamian and Mkhitaryan were combining yeah. extremely well. Crazy good passing, back heels, flick-ons, all this stuff. But then every single time it came to that final ball, whether it was Vahan, whether it was Vardamian, whether it was Mkhitaryan, whether it was Adamian, whether it was Udo... It was not there. And that only got worse as the match progressed, unfortunately. If we look at the the statistics of the match, Macedonia absolutely dominated um, in mm-hmm. every sense of the word. They dominated this match completely. Mm-hmm. and But the quality of chances that were created, except for maybe that last five minutes where... Yeah, one or two. Where Macedonia created that one really big chance that deflected off their own player... Uh, Armenia's chances that they had created were, were, were better chances, but the final product was non-existent today. We lacked um, a lot, a lot. And and I think that's partially the reason why Vahan was subbed off at halftime, because he was doing an awful job. Uh, he maybe defensively it, it, it was okay. Yeah. 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 But if you're coming on as a forward if or, or as exactly. a winger... Your job is just as much offense as it is defense, if arguably more offense. And and there was no output. And he brought in Corian instead at halftime, which I thought was a positive substitution until I saw Corian yeah. actually play. And it reinforced exactly <laughs> why I think he should not he have even been called up for this squad. Yeah, his, his call-up as a whole was a little bit uh, weird. I can understand the reason and, and what Caparros may have expected of him, but yeah, he just wasn't there today. And uh, But to be fair, most forwards weren't, except for uh, Spertian in the end. Uh, that was my only positive takeaway from, from our offense today, uh, strictly Edward Spertian. Yeah, and... Eric and- Van- Bro, for at moments, Eric Vartanian seemed like... He- like he was completely lost, you know. Yeah. He just doesn't click. He didn't click. It was yeah. it was like from another team. 
Yeah, I think that was a it was a bold move by Kaparos that I wouldn't say necessarily backfired. I don't think it backfired, but I think um, no, no. I think yeah. another player with different qualities, maybe like having Alexander Kalapetan, an actual Kalapetan, number nine, exactly. would have made the difference. And Kalapetan was an unused sub in this game, and I, I genuinely could not understand that. Considering we had no hold-up play ability at, at the top, it just didn't make any sense. Um, Same. And, and think about this, though. Before we move on, what would have happened if we did have Karapetian at the end of the day starting? Because we talked about how much we may have needed uh, in another maybe scenario if things w- would have gone our way, we needed pressure on their early build-up. We needed pressure on their defense and their goalkeeper. Having Garabedian there, who is sort of a the kind of player that likes to press on the defense and like to scare off defenders and goalkeepers, that would have been key to having more quality balls for ourselves, more quality attacks, and, and, and maybe even won the game, which we could have totally done. Yeah, I think it's I think it was just all around a poor game and I think any Macedonian Macedonians would, would say the same thing. It was poor from both ends. Yeah. They had they definitely looked the better side. Um and I just don't I think Kaparos's approach was was too cautious. I don't I, it just seemed to me that the team especially in the last 20 minutes just was not playing for the win. And that was extremely frustrating exactly. to me. Seeing substitutions off the bench like Shahoyan not even pressing the ball. And and that just that got really frustrating. Uh, Chadens, what are your thoughts? Completely different. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, okay, uh, let's put it this way. If now uh, Milevsky, uh, the manager of uh, Macedonia and Kaparos, our manager take up a piece of paper and they look at their objectives of today. Kaparos would take more things than Milevsky. That's why I see this as a good result yeah. on our end. Like and, I, I'm, um, not saying, I'm not saying I didn't want the, to win, the obviously. Is, Gone. Definitely. What, what do you think? No, no, I mean, uh, I have to agree on that too because... Uh, yeah, I guess we, I, I do believe, I strongly believe we could have won, but maybe I, we should have won is another thing. I don't think we should have won. It, it wasn't there for us. We uh, couldn't We win. could have, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, I mean, like, as in we, we, could, have, we couldn't, we couldn't, I mean, we didn't manage to. That's what I mean. As yeah, in, yeah, not yeah, as yeah. in we didn't have a chance, I as agree. in we just couldn't. I agree. And, and I also agree with what you said on uh, us taking and, and drawing back more, much more, arguably, uh, positive points than Macedonia. Macedonia was, was the, the site that had more to win and, and ended up losing they more than it. they did. Because, exactly. because if you're going, if you're going to, if you're thinking in terms of a league, always, I don't know, I, I think it was a coach who said this. I'm not sure which manager said this, but he said, I think it was actually Jurgen Klopp, he said, uh, uh, all the games that we're playing home, we're always wanting the win, always, uh, and and that's how that's how you th- they were thinking. It's an home, it's a home game. We got to take the opportunity and win. 
because after if we go home, uh, away at the last game, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. pre-last game, which is against us again, uh, it, it, it's going to be difficult for them because they know it. They know it's going to be difficult. That's why yeah. for them this this needed a win. And yeah. the 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 reason why Shagoyan and these players came to to what Aram you were saying, uh, they were pressing. But I, I realized something else. The uh, they they gave up on pressing yeah. because the the way Macedonia controlled it, they managed every single time to get away from to get the ball away from them. Every single time they tried to dribble, they tried this and that. They wouldn't. Maybe it's a tactical purpose that Caparo said, just do that, just mm-hmm. go for it. Maybe it's not. I, I, I do not know until that point. I just think the. I just think there are a lot of individual decision-making that was poor, that when aggregated just created a poor team performance. For example, in the last 10 minutes of this match, when Macedonia was dominating possession heavily and trying to create chances, there were four separate occasions where Armenia had the op, not even four, six separate occasions where Armenia had the opportunity to break away on a counterattack and have like a 4v2 situation. But every single time, the ball that was going to dispatch that counterattack, whether it came from Udo, which on a couple occasions it did, Henrik or Giro, that initial pass to to release the counterattack went straight to the feet of a defender. So it's just the transition play in general was just very poor the whole game. And, of course, in hindsight and in retrospect, this is a good result because, yes, we still have not lost. Yes, we are still top of the group. Yes, the old Armenia would have definitely lost this game 2-0, 3-0. But there are some positives we can take away, and I think it's important that we talk a little bit about those positives. Um, First up, I just want to highlight, uh, have uh, each of us highlight a single player in the lineup or that played in this match that they think had a really good game. And I'll start. Uh, this one is going to hurt most people, but I think Daron Voskanian had a fantastic game. I think he I played, have to agree. He played superb. I, he, on several occasions, uh, went and swept and covered for Hambar Zumian. He made a couple of great last-ditch tackles. He cleared the ball several times in dangerous situations, and he never, ever went for a difficult pass. He kept it simple, and he kept the ball low, and I think he had a very good game. He was given a yellow card, I think, uh, but I am i don't even think... The referee, which we're not even going to discuss, who was genuinely garbage... Bad. <laughs> uh, we, we won't discuss him, but gave Donovan a yellow card for something I disagree with completely. But uh, Henrik, too. Henrik got a yellow card for literally no reason, even though he was the guy getting yeah. fouled left, right, and center. Um, but uh, that's why I wanted to highlight Donovan Voskanen. I think he had a fantastic game. Um, he did everything that was asked of him and then more. Uh, so let me kick it over to you, Chadens. Who's one player you want to highlight from this match on the Armenian side? Uh, the the defense was amazing, but if I have to 
the defense and the 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 two central defensive midfielders, but one player in specific, Udo, because he was wise, he was calm, and he knew what he was his task was. He knew what he was doing. He knew what needed to be done. At which point, uh, he was very confident that he could do whatever was needed and get us that point that was the task. Let's say. Mm-hmm. And take it uh, take it to Germany. And Armin, one player that stuck out to you that had a good performance. Well, yeah, I have I, in the collective analysis. I agree with the challenge. Yurchenko did save us several times, maybe five tops. He rose up to the challenge when he needed to. The defense was more than okay. It was great, except maybe for Camo who had a couple issues, <laughs> big issues that could have meant the loss, but luckily didn't. But the one player, as I mentioned earlier uh, on this show, the one player that did not do a single wrong thing was Edward Spertian, that played over almost 30 minutes. He completely changed the team. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. He he, I, I was I, I was happy when he got in he was the because I knew what Caparos was, was trying to do. Yeah, his he position. Was trying to aim. It was the reason why Bardi didn't. It was the reason why Bardi didn't end up uh, like having quality balls, like quality yeah. plays and and, and and dominion of the of the game and the threat. I think Spertian was the one that, yeah, in offense the, a threat. Yeah, he was the first defender and all around the best uh, attacker. So, all in all, I think uh, Spertian was the one that uh, better understood Caparros's uh, idea of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, I think his positioning was really well. I think he pressed really well when he came on. I was just disappointed in the people around him. Shagoyan uh, did not do anything, in my opinion, when he came on. He didn't. I thought he would bring a little bit of pace, a little bit of tempo, uh, you know, in- increase the tempo of the match a little bit. Because that's that's what this match was dying for, but he did the total opposite, and maybe that's what Caparos asked him to do. But uh, I yeah, was just a little plus disappointed. Plus, the pitch the pitch was awful, and 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 uh, our attacking players overall, I think, uh, even Spetsian could have done more with the ball, because, but they, it, no one did because mm-hmm. the pitch was awful. You, if you notice, the, the, their passes, Macedonians' passes, uh, were mostly. Uh, trying to avoid the floor, trying to, to avoid uh, short passes. Uh, they knew because they lived there. They they played host, they host there. Uh, but our game uh, needed a good pitch, which we didn't have. So all in all, I, I, I'm, I'm content with the, with the performance and the results, the result most of all. Well, one thing I want to just highlight before we move on to, um, to the next part of our show uh, is the performance of Henrik Mkhitaryan. He played the full 90 minutes in this match, and I think he did very much what we had expected, uh, which was to try to gel into this new Kaparo system as much as possible. And you could see that when the quality of the players around him uh, is substantially better now than it was a couple of years ago. And he played well. He didn't try to overdo anything. He kept it simple. I think overall he had a very good game. Um, he was fouled the most out of any player in this match. 
Um, yeah. He also had the most duels won in this match in 10 duels. So he was constantly challenging in the midfield. And that is something that we needed. But just unfortunately, the attacking midfield around him in Eric Fardanian and uh, Vaham Bichakchian, and then as a substitute, Shahoyan and, and, and Kordian just just didn't do it. The, the, the support cast um, really let him down, I would say. So I just wanted to highlight that quickly because I know people were wondering what we had have assessed of Henrik's performance, and I, and I think he played well. Any other thoughts? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I agree. I mean, he, he played a little above de- decent, which is good for his first game uh, <laughs> in a year. A little, a little too selfish at times. Bro, no, what do you the, mean the selfish, one time, bro? The, Why? No. The no. one time he, he had that. Bahan wide open. The one time he had Vahan wide open, it was literally a pass he could have perfectly made, like with his yeah, quality, with Heno's quality. All of them did. No, yeah, you no, no. Heno, well, Heno and Sako were a little too selfish today. And you're talking about it where he slipped in um, uh, Vardanian instead, and Vardanian turned the defender, but then like lost possession. No, I, I don't know if that was the one. I, I remember Heno had Vahan wide open. To his right, and I mean wide open for a perfect like one touch shot to go, uh, and then maybe he would have missed, maybe not. But the thing is, the ball should have gone to Vahan, and instead Heno tried to do like a backflip, which com- went completely to the opposition. Awful pass. I don't know. Uh, that's selfish. Like he tried to show off, and that's that's not what you do. Single Sakolo. Single Sakolo. I know you are, disagree. but same goes I, to Sako, bro. I think you're overdoing it. I I genuinely think you're overdoing it. I don't I don't think he played poorly at all. I don't think he played selfishly. Oh, I, think I, he played I, very I didn't much say as, that. I didn't. I didn't say he played I don't think poorly. He was I, didn't I don't say. I don't think anything indicates that, that he played selfishly. He was. That, that, that one time, one time okay, he was. Same how about goes, same the, goes for Sako. How about I the several times Vardanian lost possession? It only the several takes times one. Do we need to judge? If, Look at had a hands down. Vartanian had a hands down bad game. Vahan did too. Vahan had terrible. Yeah. yeah, but at least he tried something. Vartanian no, did. didn't even. He did. Yeah, Vahan, no, Vahan. no, he did not. I, I can't, I can't, I can't back that statement. Vahan's I don't think he tried at all. Vahan's performance was bad, but not because he intended like because of lack of trying he just wasn't there the game wasn't there for him that's another thing but in defense Vahan was very important okay well we will agree to disagree <laughs> and we will move on uh let's run through the standings really quick I know how to bad game come on well yeah I'm sure you you you're you're always going to imply something negative about him that's that's the <laughs> it's the Armin persona of this show um <laughs> UEFA qualifying Group J as it stands. Armenia are still on top of the group with three wins and one draw and zero losses with 10 points. Uh, Second place is now Germany, who who have overtaken North Macedonia uh, on nine points after a 2-0 win at home against Liechtenstein. North Macedonia are in third place with seven points, uh, followed by Romania, who are in fourth place with six points after a 2-0 win over Iceland. Um, and in fifth place with three points is Iceland, and in last place is Liechtenstein with zero points. 
So let's run through the matchups of this next round, which take place on Sunday. Armenia will be away to Germany in Stuttgart. Uh, we have North Macedonia facing off against Iceland, and then we have Romania against Liechtenstein. Um, in terms of matchups, I think we would likely hope and want to see Iceland actually do something and <laughs> and and maybe pause or hold the Macedonians to at least the draw. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that. I don't. I just don't see this. I don't see this Icelandic side doing that against North Macedonia. But we can hope. Uh, and Romania are playing against Liechtenstein, which we can pretty much guarantee three points there for them. So the pressure is going to be on Armenia um, in this match to try to get some sort of result away in Germany, and that's a really, really big ask. But let's turn around and look at. The German lineup that played today against Liechtenstein uh, in, in Hansi Flick's first game in charge of Germany, he deployed a 4-2-3-1. Uh, he had Bert Leno in goal, uh, stating that he would rest Manuel Neuer for the match against Armenia, um, which I'm honored. And <laughs> the back four consisted of Robert Gussens, who had a fantastic display at the Euros, Nicolas Sula and Thilo Kerrer make up the center, central defending partnership uh, with Baku at right back. The two holding midfielders were Joshua Kimmich as captain and Ilkay Gundogan. And the attack consisted of Leroy Sané, Kai Havertz, Jamal Musiala, and with Timo Werner up top, who actually scored a goal. Um, they absolutely dominated Liechtenstein. I mean... Jesus Christ, 85% possession, 30 shots, 25 chances created. They had a field day, as you would have expected. Some players that came off the bench for them, Jonas Hoffman, Serge Gnabry, Marco Royce, Leon Goretzka, and Florian Wirtz. Um, we are expecting a changed lineup against us, but I'm going to run through some Injured players. Uh, Tony Cruz has a groin injury. Uh, I'm not sure if he was actually even called up. Was he? I, I think I remember him saying he retired, but he will not be taking part against Armenia. And Thomas Muller uh, was sent back to Munich as a precaution because of a groin injury. Um, we expect to see some changes in the lineup. I think especially defensive personnel will likely be different against us. I can imagine um Rudiger starting uh he, he alongside Nicolas Sula uh but Gustens and Baku I'm not sure about that who can take the place of them there but what are your thoughts first let's start with you Chadens on this German team uh and how do you think they will approach playing against Armenia and then we will discuss Armenia's approach but first let's start with Germany much more confident uh, compared to Macedonia, of course, because they're the mighty Germans. They have, a, they they might be missing one or two players, like you mentioned, but uh, you know they've always got a rotation for every single position. They're definitely going to try to get uh, as many goals as possible. Uh, not in terms of looking uh, of looking at us as a, a small team, but in terms of again winning at home. Getting getting that uh, getting that result and managing uh, to the next game. Armin, what are your thoughts on this German team? 
Uh, I don't see many changes, honestly. Uh, only Neuer in the goal for Leno. Uh, same defense, as you said, except for Rudiger, which I see starting instead of this guy, Kerrer. Uh, Gundogan and Kimmich, I do see them starting too. Up top, Werner is a must, and especially after gaining some confidence today with the goal. Uh, and the attacking midfield, I think, is going to be Musiala again, Havertz again, and my change in attack for them would be Nabri. I think Nabri is going to start. All right, now let's turn to our very own Armenia. We have been pretty good so far at predicting how Joaquin Caparas will line up with the uh, wrench thrown in here and there, and today's wrench was definitely... Eric Vardanian starting. No one, no one could have predicted that one for sure, and um, I don't think that worked out in Kaparos's favor as much as he would have liked. But notably, we do yeah. have our three suspended players back in Khoren Bayramian, uh, Varzat Haroyan, and Tigran Barsegan, who has been offensively speaking um, our yes. best player uh, by far in this team. So I will start with you, Chalens. How do you expect Kaparos to line up against Germany? Uh, pro, well, defense, of course, Vato will be back uh, instead of uh, Taron, even though, of course, he had a good game. Uh, Armen, don't start. Um, <laughs> Joren and Diko, Diko de, will definitely be back because of his assists. Um, mm. And his form, and we know his quality. Bayramian, I'm, I'm not too sure what to say about Bayramian. Oh, yeah, I'm listing the suspended players. Mm-hmm. Um, but about Bayramian, I'm not very, I'm not 100% sure he might start. Uh, logically, he would. But maybe Kaparos might have a plan like to deploy him a little bit later in the game. Okay, I, I, I get that. Um, so run me through what your starting 11 would look like then. The same. Uh, just mm, prob- probably the same. I, I, I'm feeling like Udo might not be there. I'm not 100% sure. Even though he had, he had a really good game. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Wubema might be there too for more defensive action, for more defensive roles. Uh, Vartanian, I don't think he would start. Uh, he will probably be the the um, instead of uh, Barcerian. That so so my lineup would look like Yuchenko, Hampartsumian, Vato, and Charlie Sir with Hovanisian, uh, Barcerian. Wobemar, Grigorian, Bichakchan, Adamian, and Mechitarian. All right. And uh, Armen, how do you think Joaquin Kaparos will line up against the mighty German side? Uh, well, Yushchenko at goal again. My defense would be Hovo, Hapatsumian, Varas Tataroyan. Luckily, will be back my captain. Andre Chalisher, who today was amazing really he rose up to Haroyan's absence precisely as a defense leader and more experienced player and on the left for today 
clearly, visibly, the one substitution we should have made, Arman Hovannisian should have played instead of Kamo. Uh, yeah, Kamo was not there today. It was it was really awful. Uh, the one bad point in defense. Um, so I expect Arman to start, especially with a, a visibly tired Kamo. Kamo's main asset is his uh, speed, and he won't be uh, rested. So I would start Arman. That's that's the smart decision. Arman is not bad by any means, so he will be up to, to the challenge too. My defensive midfield would be Uwe Marangulo instead of Artakrikorian, who is also very, very tired. And we need some sort of uh, high-pressing uh, defensive kind of bulldog midfield. And Salomon Udo, who, is, who would be okay. I mean, he's he didn't get too tired. He played great 90 minutes, but still seems fit. Uh, so Uwe Marangulo would be my defensive mid. In attack, Horik Bayramian and Tigran Basekian off the wings. Uh, luckily, they're both back, so they will be seeing to trying to get some damage done in, in Germany's goal. Hendrik Mkhitaryan, I would give him the central lane and, and see what he can do, kind of try to revive his Dortmund years. And up top, I, I, I want to see Alexander Karabetian get his chance. He's, he's German-speaking, so maybe he will understand how to snatch a ball or two from from their defense and bring Sako and Sperzian off the bench and, and Vahan too. Okay. All right. That's a good one. Uh, I will run through my lineup really quick. I think Yurchenko retains his place along with uh, Hambar Zuman, Kalisir, and Kamohovanesian, and I believe Varza Haroyan will be back leading that back line. Uh, I still think it will be the 4-4-2, and in midfield, I feel that we will have somewhat of a switch of play uh, or switching of roles. Uh, I think Vardanian and Bichakshan will be dropped down to the bench for this match. Uh, I think we might see a whole completely new look midfield. Yeah. Um, I think we might see Wabemar and Spertian. I know that's a combination Kaparos has gone to before that hasn't really worked that well, to be honest. But it's very hard for me to see Artak Grigorian or Udo get dropped, to be honest. It's a little difficult for me to see that. Um, But if anyone is going to get dropped from that pair... I don't think Udo deserves to be dropped. I think he had a. I think he was good. I think he was solid. Yeah, I regret that now. I think Gregorian should be dropped. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I think Gregorian should be dropped. And Gregorian, no, I, I don't think he should be dropped, but I think he's exhausted. I mean, not, he not didn't play in, bad yeah. at all. Not as in he didn't play should, bad yeah. at all today. And and there's a reason we actually uh, conceded zero zero goals today. But but still, we don't want to tempt faith. We don't want to get him injured by 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 overplaying him. Let him rest. Yeah, but I think I would. We would probably prefer he play another ninety against Germany and just always, not play against always. not play against Liechtenstein. Anyway, I think he's probably going to start. Um, I think we will see Udo and Grigorian start in the middle, and I think we will see Henrik Mkhitaryan on the left. And I, uh, sorry, actually, excuse me, let me back that up. Baramian on the left, Barcelian on the right, and Mkhitaryan and Adamian up top. I think that's how this game is going to start. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he I think this game is going to be a lot of combination plays down the wings and I think we're going to try to avoid having the ball in midfield as much as possible and just keep it combination play down the wings that's how we're going to try to take on the Germans um 
of course we don't do predictions very famously um but i it's it's a tough one if mass if this macedonian team was able to go to germany and get a result i'm not saying i think armenia will win i'm just saying i can hope for a draw and i can be optimistic about getting a draw yeah. away in germany what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're Germany. I mean, they're the Mannschaft, you know. And we, I mean, uh, what can you expect? Yeah, they're always expected to win. They're always the favorites. So it, it, this team, this Armenia team is great. And on a good day can beat anyone. So let's just go there. Let's go out there and, and, and see what happens. We, we know we can take them. Uh, we don't, we shouldn't necessarily expect to. But let's go and see what happens. Let's let's have some show. Let's have some fun. Yeah, and this is a game where we, we it's just no there there is no expectation no pressure. on our media yeah. to win. No one There's expects, no pressure. And, and that's nice. We are, of course, we are on top of the group. So if anything, the pressure's on Germany because if they don't get a result against us, uh, and if you look at the table if yeah. Armenia was to draw and taking into consideration the other matches going on, we would be still be top of the group. So it's and, a draw, actually, I think, would be the best outcome for us. Yeah, and, and actually, if we think about about this in those terms, today the pressure was also on Macedonia. And today we got another res- good result seen from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chavans, what do you think? Just go out there, get try to do your best. If you don't get the win, it's fine. If we get the draw, wow. Yeah, I think I think that that, that says it. If if we can get a draw, we would be on 11 points. Uh, we would still have a point ahead of Germany, and we would be going uh, home to Liechtenstein, who we would anticipate. You know, we expect three points in a match like that. So. If all if things go in you know more in our favor, uh, five points out of a possible nine would be oh, would be wonderful. If you told me you draw against Macedonia, but if you draw against Macedonia, you also ha- draw against Germany, guaranteed. I think I would take that deal. Um, yeah, but, another undefeated camp. Exactly, and what what can be better than that? And and you go to a struggling Iceland away next month, uh, and then. You take all on all in against Romania. All That's in too against far Romania. Off, boys. That's too but far off. But I'm just off. saying, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're boys. we're we are getting ahead of ourselves a little Focus. bit. Focus. <laughs> so this is what Vamos. we anticipate. Again, the match is going to be kicking off at the same time as the Macedonia game this Sunday. That will be away to Germany in Stuttgart. Uh, the Armenian national team will be looking to keep their undefeated streak going and stay on top of Group J as this group gets increasingly more competitive as the results seem to come through. Uh, I believe that is going to be it for this episode of Football Gentron. Uh, we will also be dropping a wrap-up of the Germany match after that match concludes, uh, and where we'll also be breaking down the result and taking a look ahead to Liechtenstein. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we know it was a little bit of a frustrating one. It was for all of us. But like we said, a draw is better than a loss. And um, hopefully we can march our way, you know, to victory. Or as Chadim says, There we go. Well, this is it for Football Gentron, guys. Thank you for listening. 
and uh, we will see you guys on probably Monday. Peace.